0: I feel secure in my name. I love my name. It represents this beauty. My mom always says, you're the Renault of my life. You are like Rona, and I feel like there's some honor there. There's some pride there. And like it is a name I'm proud of because it comes from my ancestors, my ancestry, my people. My name is Rona Akbiri. I pronounce it that way, but I also pronounce it Rona Akbari, depending on who I'm talking to.
1: I'm Samer Khalaf,
2: and I'm Giddy Nathan, and this is name dropping—a
1: show about how names can connect you to your ancestors or make your life a lot more difficult.
2: It's also about what happens when your name becomes slang for a global pandemic. Uh, so, what does your name mean?
0: So, Rana is a word in Pashto, which is a dialect or language spoken in Afghanistan and other places, and it means light or brightness. And a uh, legend has it that when I was born, there were two pieces of papers. One had Rana on it. One had Kiana on it, and I think my sister or my mom had it in her hands and they mixed it up and someone chose Rona and that's how I ended up being named that. Um,
2: nice. Yeah. So like a, a raffle style naming Yeah, process. like flipping
0: of the coin. But I think secretly my mom wished that my name was Rona and was glad that it was that. So, But now my middle name is Kiana. So.
2: Oh, she got to have it both ways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's
0: good.
2: laughs> is there ever a context where you go by your middle name?
0: Actually, kind of. I have, like, this um, Finsta where I post, like, photography things. And it kind of feels like my alter ego, sort of. And only, you know, my close friends know about it. Um, and it's called Kiana Gaze.
2: Sorry to put your uh, Finsta on blast oh, no. on this massively no, popular podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, okay. <laughs> I hope you able to maintain some, some privacy. Yeah, that's
0: fine. Uh, the
1: name-dropping crowd is going to all send you a bunch of follow requests now. Yeah, get,
2: get ready for it. <laughs> That's cool with me. Um, so this podcast is about how names affect how we move through the world, in some cases complicate the way we move through the world. So I figure we should get to kind of the elephant in the room, which is why we wanted to have you on in the first place in part. Uh, but Rona is obviously what some people out there jokingly or slangly call the novel coronavirus, uh, which has come to shape our world in so many ways. So we wanted to hear a little bit of what that was like, and I figure a good place to start is, do you know, do you remember when you first heard about COVID?
0: I do remember when I first heard, heard about COVID, um, I... Worked in events. I used to live in New York, and I worked in events. And obviously, that's changed completely by coronavirus. And we were just like, okay, like, how do we... I guess don't put food out so we don't have to share food, but, like, are we still showing up Mm -hmm. to things? And then all of a sudden, it just became a reality. And it was sort of a flip of a switch. Um, I think those of us who were in the city at that time... All saw that happen, kind of like grocery store lines being out the door and all that just weirdness happening. So that's when I first heard about it. And the first time I heard the virus be called the Rona was from desis Nice on Twitter. And oh, nice. um, I don't know if he, I'm sure he was not the first to coin it, but that's the first time I heard of it.
1: Were you a fan of Deezus, like? Before, oh
0: yeah, yeah, obsessed okay. like uh, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's super funny. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was like a oh, everyone's saying my name. Like this is kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> like okay, um, and I thought it was funny. You know, I think there was that like at the beginning, there were a lot of there are a lot of jokes about the virus or the pandemic and us not realizing the severity of it or the reality of it. Um, And I was a part of that too. I was like, oh, okay, like everyone's thinking about me. I kind of like this. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that changed um, when I realized that it's not funny. And I was naive, I guess, to think otherwise. And yeah, kind of regret kind of regret um ever thinking it was funny because it's not at all.
1: Was there a specific moment you remember or
0: uh not really. I mean it was just like cases were rising. People I knew on Facebook were talking about their family members and mm-hmm. it just slowly kind of sunk in. And I mean, I guess for me too, like I am living at home and I moved to flor I moved back home to Florida and I live with my parents. They are, you know, also at risk and of elder age, and um, it became not this like thing that's happening to other people, but also something that concerned me. and like I became scared.
2: So how often would it crop up in just kind of your day to day people making just a casual? Punchline yeah. here and there. Oh, Post-Desis. Post-Desis. Yeah,
0: yeah. PD post-Desis. Yeah. Um, the after Desis era. I mean, definitely my friends would hit me up and be like, that's so annoying that your name is. My friends are so protective over me. And they're like, you're the original Rona. And some of my friends being like <laughs> I dare
2: this virus appear. Yeah.
0: And so yeah. Uh, and some of my friends being like, I hate when people call it the Rona. Because, mm. like, you're a Rona, you know? Um, my friends are so <laughs> sweet. But definitely, I mean, I was on dating apps for a while, and that became a thing. Because, of course, you're meeting mm-hmm. people online, and people make love making horrible... They're not hor- particularly creative. Exactly. <laughs> like, horrible pickup lines <laughs> and, and one-liners. And so that became a thing.
2: Any particularly cringy ones come to mind?
0: I feel like, I don't remember I specifically. Sp- people were definitely, like, there were definitely a few that were like, oh, I, I don't mind if I caught you or something like that. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, That's
2: more or less what I expected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or
0: sometimes when, of course, you have to, like, put your name down for you know, whatever drive through or whatever it is. Right. And that became, like, a point of conversation, too, which I don't mind making, mm-hmm. you know, small talk or whatever, but it just got to the point where it's just like, I'm over it. I don't want to. I don't want to. Did do- it really yeah. happen
1: that often with the, like, yeah. takeout orders?
2: Wow. Yeah. yeah. Or It kind of prevents.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, so. I don't know. Also, I'm in Florida, so, like, things were open, you know, um, right and yeah, it just became a thing of people being like, "That must be an interesting name," and I'm like, "Yeah, I, yeah." <laughs>
2: <laughs> kind of uh, prevents you from segueing into more normal small talk because I don't know. Yeah, the conversation is hi- hijacked from the first minute.
0: Yeah, totally. I'll I'll give weather talk any day. I miss weather talk. <laughs>
1: Yeah, weather talks probably seems really appealing. Yeah. After that.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, have you commiserated with anybody else who is either named Rona or shares a name with a yeah like some kind of traumatic event that's affected the globe?
0: <laughs> I do know other Ronas. For a while, I like made it my mission to vine like every Rona. Like on Twitter and Facebook, at least people put them
2: all in the same D- DM. There's other giddies who reach out to me from time to time, nice. but we're not all on the same group DM yet. Okay, hoping, gotcha. Hoping to make it happen eventually. Yeah, we'll have them all on the pod at some point.
0: Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I do, I know in Rona, she's a journalist in Maryland, and we kind of talked about you know, we commiserated over that. I met another Rona recently who's also Afghan.
1: Are they reacting to it like in the same parallel as you are, or do they have stronger or weaker feelings about it?
0: Um, well, I know that Rona Cobell or Cobell, the Maryland reporter, she's tweeted about it a few times, and you know, kind of the same thing as me, of where it's like now we're associated with this traumatic thing. And
2: did you ever have any moments of like resentment towards your name during this time? or it's just something you could kind of brush off despite. Mm. Or any resentment toward Jesus or- No resentment <laughs>
0: ever towards Jesus
2: yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Let the record show. Yeah. Let the record
0: show. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like, I think when an, it, it just became, like, a really popular thing, everyone calling it the Rona, I just, like, I wanted to just, like, log off. And I'm just, like, I am mm-hmm. I just don't want to see it anywhere. It was definitely, like, oh, like, now my name is tainted like Mm. i used to always just be like wow like i love that i have a name that no one else has and like there's this beautiful story about it that connects with my heritage and my ancestry and you know all that which is still true that's not changed but um Mm. now it's there's this other part of it that's this global horrible thing and joke almost
1: Yeah, we kind of wanted to also get into that, like how you felt about your name before the pandemic and how it was to introduce yourself. Like, what was the process like?
0: Yeah, um, I always loved my name and I would just introduce myself as Rona. Sometimes people mishear me and think it's Roma. Um, Sometimes I've like worked at places and they call like people who are older than me and I don't know, maybe just don't have... The ability to, like, remember names or people who are bad with names, like, call me Mona um, <laughs> or Ramona um, or Nora. I get that a lot, too. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah.
2: Like the flip, the consonant flip. Yeah, there's
0: actually, like, I was interning at NPR when I was, like, in college. And this one engineer would always call me Nora. And I just didn't want to correct him. I was just like, that's fine. I'll be Nora to you. <laughs>
2: How often did you guys work together?
0: Um, it was like a Monday through Friday thing over the summer, so I didn't work. Oh, so
2: like every day? Yeah.
0: Well, I didn't work directly with him. I just like see him around, you know. So he was definitely a character.
2: Do you feel solidarity with other Ronas? Absolutely. You're a Rona, technically.
0: One hundred percent. I like across cultures. There are Irish Ronas, Jewish Ronas, Muslim Ronas. Yeah. Yes. Solidarity, I wish we could all that's connect awesome. and be in a room together. <laughs> I feel like there <laughs> is like something about Ronas that's just like I've never met a Rona I didn't like, you know I mean I've only met like I've only met online and in person probably like a total of like three or four Ronas
2: that's still a pretty good hit rate i don't I don't know <laughs> if that any other name in my life goes three for three on being good people so that's great (laughs) do you feel that there's anything that rona's have in common something uh, (laughs) like your name has imbued you with
0: Mm, well it's usually women i'll say that i haven't met a male or like non-woman rona before Mm -hmm. um i'm open to the experience though (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, like, there's something about the other Ronas. I mean, I have a friend who has a grandmother named Rona, and she was so Mm -hmm. beautiful, and she's from Australia. I mean, she was wonderful, but the other Ronas that I've met, especially my shout-out to Rona, she's in um, San Francisco, I think is where she lives, Um, Rona Baja, like, we met a couple years ago now, and just, like, immediately hit it off, like she liked the same books that i did the same writers she's also a poet and like she just i don't know like we just like really hit it off and like i was like wow like we could be besties like if she lived in the same city as me um
1: going back to that scenario of if you were in a room with all the other runas yeah what would you want to say to them
0: Hmm. Like
1: what would be your rousing speech? They're kind of demoralized by like the last year and a half. <laughs>
0: oh, I like yeah. that. How do you
1: get them
2: through this? Your brave heart speech. Yeah, my
0: brave heart speech. My mic drop moment. Um, I would probably say something <laughs> like, "Hey, we are all in this room for a reason, and that's because all of our names are Rona. No matter where you come from, you know where you live, what religion or creed you are." You are a Rona, and we all have this experience in common, and we're all going through this. I mean, maybe this would be a post-pandemic scenario. I don't know if this is like a Zoom room or not. They're all <laughs>
2: vaccinated. They're all vaccinated. So.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we're-, we're
2: we're under a tent outdoors. It's it's great.
0: Okay, great. Um, you know, there's this worldwide pandemic going on, and it seems like there's no end, and it's especially tough right now for us regardless we stand strong we stand together we are here we are ronas
1: (laughs) nice Um. Nice. i also wonder if ronas have a higher percentage of vaccinated because
0: the Mm. connection to the virus
1: Mm. they just build that resentment toward it and
0: I you mean, do all Ronas and... have access to vaccines? I'm thinking that's about a, my people, my people in Afghanistan. Like, like, what are they doing?
1: That's true.
2: Yeah.
0: So maybe, maybe that would also be a part of the speech. Like, as Ronas, we need to help the other Ronas.
2: Yeah. To touch on on your background, also, um, yeah, you mentioned that the meaning of Rona in Pashto is bright, which is obviously a big contrast to what we've come to associate with that word. In the in the last year, um, do you have any feelings about that?
0: Mm-hmm. I feel secure in my name. I love my name. It represents this beauty. My mom always says, "You're the Renault of my life. You are like Renault, and I feel like there's some honor there. There's some pride there, and like it is a name I'm proud of because it comes from my ancestors, my ancestry, my people. So I think, you know, despite a different connotation that it has now, that's never going to change. Hi, this is May Sparks, and I'm a Defector subscriber. I originally became an accomplice because it was the closest I might ever get to being transgressive in my life. But I stay because I believe in supporting great writing, which is what you get from Defector. Plus, they're constantly adding new voices to their rosters and features all the time. If you want to support Defector and get your first month for 99 cents, go to Defector.com slash name dropping.
1: To slightly inject myself into this. I'm Palestinian, so I was kind of watching in Sheikh like earlier this year. There's kind of an influx of people just talking about it and creating Instagram slideshows. It was just remarkable in terms of how much attention was being paid to that. And it kind of felt like the news cycle just gradually faded away from that. I was wondering if you had similar feelings on what happened with Kabul and Afghanistan earlier this summer and whether you felt a similar kind of phenomenon or uh, if you felt differently or how do you maintain, maintain that attention toward it?
0: Hmm, yeah. There's definitely, like, we're now in the point of the new cycle where no one's really talking about Afghanistan anymore. And, you know, as, like, my... Community always says, my community of Afghans and the diasporas, like for the last 20 years, the world forgot about Afghanistan. And so it's not just now, it's been going on. Like no one was speaking up. I mean, there were like minority groups who would speak out about the injustice and the drone strikes and yeah, all the bad things that were happening. It definitely, yeah, it did have its moment. And that moment when all eyes were on Afghanistan was, it was weird. I mean, like, it was weird for me. And I also am like, okay, I'm detached from this because I was born in America. Like, I don't know if y'all feel similarly as, like, people in the diaspora, but it's, like, this thing that's happening to your people and you feel so almost, like, helpless in some way because you're so detached from it. But at the same time, you Mm -hmm. can't help but obviously want to create awareness for it and push people and... I mean, that's what all this did is, you know, start fundraisers and just emailing Congress, meeting with people, um, do like as civilians doing as much as we can to help people out there. And we are continuing to do that and we won't stop. Um, it is hard as like an individual, I'll say, like if it had not been, been for my like greater community of people in the diaspora, like, and also like our people who are in solidarity with us. It would be very hard, like, especially I don't know. I did this fundraising project. Um, I'm selling art prints to raise money for people who I know in Afghanistan need help and need fun need money right now because there's also a money crisis. People are out of jobs and aren't allowed to go to work and all. There's, like, a bank crisis. Like, there's only a restricted amount of money that you can pull out. And so, I mean, that was, of course, like, at the height of everything that was going on. It was, like, this adrenaline thing of, like, okay, we're going to, like, do this and put this together. And, like, I'm going to do as much as I can. And then I got burnt out. And I just, I mean, like, I I slowly, like, kind of... stopped. Stopped, not really, but, like, I was just, like, whoa, like, I can't handle, like, all these orders alone, and so I actually, today, that's what I was doing. My friend came over, and we packaged stuff together and printed out shipping labels, and we're going to go to the post office later, but there's definitely a burnout that happens when it's coming off of that news cycle, coming off of that adrenaline, and it's, it's, like, a question of, How do we keep the momentum going? How do we, you know, if the media is not talking about this, we're going to keep talking about this. How do we keep the attention on Afghanistan even after all this is, you know, done with?
1: It's an insidious type of feeling where you're doing all you can from where you are. Like, I was born in America. I have some family still in... Palestine, and I just like I can contribute to fundraisers, and I'm still in touch with them. I'm talking to my parents who are still in touch with them, but there's just a certain point where you do like I've shared this information with as many people as I can. I don't know how to like force it, force them to take action. Basically, mm-hmm. it's a tough one,
0: yeah. Yeah, I feel like that just is like the struggle of like trying to do anything as an individual like as a civilian there's only so much impact that we can have and attention that we can garner
1: yeah are there any places you recommend people search out to get like information still like up updated information about what's going on in afghanistan
0: yeah totally um I would say Afghans for a Better Tomorrow on social media. Um, Afghan American Artists and Writers Association. They are actively fundraising and helping people, you know, artists and filmmakers who are at risk um, with the Taliban to help them get out. And I would say Arash Azizada. he is a dear friend of mine, a trusted friend who has really good information. I would also say um, my friend Halima, her at is underscore Halima, H-A-L-E-M-A-W, and she speaks a lot of what's happening in Afghanistan, especially in regards to the persecuted Shia and Hazara minorities. But... Yeah, there are a lot of resources out there, thankfully, and I think those are great places to start.
2: Well, to totally shift gears, we have a game that we've been playing with our guests where we give you a couple of like very specific scenarios and you tell us kind of how you'd introduce yourself, what name you'd provide in that situation and why. Ooh, okay. Uh, so let's say you are, let's say you just moved into your dorm and you're meeting a roommate that you'll be living with for the next year. What would you say?
0: I would say, hi, I'm Rona. It's nice to meet you. Can I take the bigger room?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so how come your your roommate didn't meet the bar of getting the the full breakdown of your name?
0: yeah so i don't know i think it's because it's easier for people to pronounce and Mm -hmm. i mean usually people call me that anyway at least like american people um I think if they were brown, maybe. But sometimes I do have these moments where, like, my friends will, like, my American friends will mix with my Afghan friends. And all my Afghan friends are calling Mm -hmm. me Runa. And then my American friends are like, wait, have I been mispronouncing your name this whole time? I'm like, no, it's okay. I mean, yes, you have been, but (laughs) it's fine. Yeah, I'm very
2: familiar with that. Yeah, the uh, warring factions. Yes. where they all seem to care about it more than I do. Yeah, <laughs> if they came from different parts of my life and I was enforcing the rules differently at one part or another. Yeah, I mean,
0: how do you feel about that? What do you? What would you? Do you make your American friends?
2: I'm pretty easygoing about it. The funny thing about like asking a question like this is that you don't. You might go for the easy, convenient solution in the beginning, and then over time this person becomes a big part of your life and it's like almost too late to correct the record mm. at that point. So I feel like in, in certain environments, I've just kind of let people go with Geary or whatever. seems phonetically mm-hmm. easy for them. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I'll like stage an intervention or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or just <laughs> move point. to a different city where no one knows you yeah, and then just yeah. <laughs> have everyone call you by the correct pronunciation.
2: That's right. Um, What if you were picking up food at a restaurant that you don't go to that often?
0: Ooh, I'd say uh, you can put my name down as Ro.
2: Is that just for
1: ease of convenience?
0: Ease of convenience. But also, I don't know, sometimes, especially in, like, neighborhoods I frequent where I know people, I'm, like, I kind of want to be anonymous sometimes and, like... I just, I don't want someone to whip their heads around and be like.
2: <laughs> you don't want to get trapped into a conversation. Yeah,
0: although that's never happened before. I'm probably just being anxious.
2: You want to have the IRL finsta experience.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what about if you're meeting a friend of a
1: friend? Like this is, you went to some party. This is a person you might not even see again. Is there a specific amount of effort you would put into introducing yourself?
0: no (laughs) not at all if it's someone I like know that I don't know so it depends on the context if everyone else is introducing themselves sure I'll introduce myself but maybe this makes me sound like an asshole but like I'm fine (laughs) with not knowing people's names too and I'm fine with them not knowing my name those things happen naturally and if I'm gonna I don't want to force it unless unless the situation calls for it you know
2: well, I, I feel like that answers prematurely the, the next one we we're going to ask strangers at a wedding. So I feel like <laughs> oh. they're just going to hear whatever they hear and keep it moving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it
0: depends on how loud the music is, too. Yeah, yeah. right. right.
2: <laughs> That's another thing, because
1: when you bring loud music into it, I feel like there are times where I'm closing a bar tab and the person asks me my, my name. And I just say it once intentionally because I'm hoping that the music drowns it out and they're just like going to figure it out or it's going to be on them. They're not going to ask me again. Maybe I'll walk out with no tab, but it's never happened.
0: What What do you mean? Like like when, when they're trying to find your tab, you don't want to repeat your name?
1: Well, because I'm hoping that they'll just like, I don't know, they'll like look for the car or like look for the tab and they just won't find my name Like will Oh, maybe someone else closed it, or maybe oh. it's already settled, <laughs> and so I'll just walk away without having to pay for those highlights.
0: But then you don't get your card back.
1: Well, some bars they'll give you your card back before. I guess I'm revealing. I'm kind of there's indicting some holes myself. in this. Wait, are you a scammer
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> <No>. you see, <laughs> <stammer>? like <laughs> a this weak never worked. That's <laughs> why I oh, you know this. Wait, but don't they, they keep your card and then they close it out for you and then add tip for you? Don't they do that? They do that in
1: my town. Not all of them. Some of them do keep your card. I don't try this with them, but some of them they'll be like, "Oh, we'll give you a card back immediately and just come back." Yeah. But to be clear, this has never worked. I've never
2: done it. So we'll
0: edit this out. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, no. Actually, the whole podcast is an excuse to develop an extremely weak scam among people (laughs) with broadly ethnic names. Yeah.
0: Names are so private like your name reveals so much information about you. Like you Mm -hmm. you can go off by just a name alone and find like everything about a person and their voting history.
2: You're speaking hypothetically, right? This is not something.
0: (laughs) I've heard from people. Yeah.
2: Other Rona's told you about (laughs) Other
0: Rona's told me about that. I won't tell you about that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Uh, Where can our listeners keep up with your work?
0: Well, thank you for having me. You can keep up with my work at the Rona Lisa on Twitter or Instagram, I guess. I'm more on Twitter than Instagram though.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, this is fun.
0: Yeah, of course. This was fun.
1: Thanks for listening to Name Dropping. You can email us at namedropping at defector dot com.
2: This podcast was produced by Alex Sujong Laughlin. Thanks to Projects Editor Justin Ellis and Editor-in-Chief Tom Lay and the rest of the Defector staff.
1: Defector Media is a collectively owned subscriber-based media company.
2: If you love this podcast and want to support us, subscribe to Defector at Defector.com.